Hello, everyone. Today we have an amazing change maker with us. Today we have Vince Bertram. He's the president and CEO of Project Lead the Way, talking about STEM education around the country. Stay tuned. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another change maker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Vince, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be with you. Well, the honor is all ours. We're excited to have you here. It's interesting uh, that you are, you've devoted your ent entire career uh, to education, and you are superbly educated yourself, um, but you come from a family that didn't value education. Tell us a little bit about that and how you connected to education and what difference it's made in your life. Well, thank you. I, you know, my, my, my dad left us when I was, when I was young, I was in middle school and, you know, both my parents uh, moved to Indiana, both dropped out of high school and, I was on the verge of dropping out of high school. I just didn't see the relevancy of school. I didn't understand its long-term implications and, and the power of education. It was really my teachers who inspired me and a principal who believed in me. And it was, it was their influence that really helped me understand what I could do with education. And it was because of them that I wanted to go into education. And throughout my career, I've just seen an opportunity to extend our reach, to influence students in such a meaningful way, to really help improve their economic prosperity. And I, I just see it as a way to help children get out of poverty and to enrich lives. And it was because of those early beginnings that I just have always understood the value of education and its power. As you look across the country, uh what are some of the shortcomings you see in our education system? Well, I think there are a number of things that are going relatively well for us. And at the same time, there are two or three areas that I think are, are significantly undervalued. And one is helping students understand the relevancy of school. You know, students believe, one, that they go to school to fulfill graduation requirements, or they believe that they're learning math and science, for instance, because they're going to be tested in math and science. But we haven't made real connections to what's going to happen to them for the 45 years after they leave formal schooling. We haven't helped them understand what the economy is going to require of them, what's going to be in demand, and why these skills are so important for them to develop while they're in school, so they can have this economic freedom and prosperity, so they can have enduring careers, so they can avoid unemployment. Those are the things that are really important in the candid conversations we need to have with our children. The other is that we don't give students great advice. We tell them things like, just follow your dreams and everything will work out. It's just not reality. It's irrational. You know, the world doesn't care about their dreams. They care about what they can do and the value they can add. Now, the ideal situation is when we see this convergence of passion and interest and skills. So you can actually go out and do the things you want to do, and people will actually pay you for it. So 
I think we have to have a candid conversation about the purpose of school. Is it just to have an education or is it to create skills that will create economic prosperity? We believe it's the latter. And so the other key thing that I believe is so important in education is that as we think about K-12, is, is, is the purpose to prepare students for college? We don't believe so. I really believe that it's a, it's a full pathway that we have to look at this not just as a, as a pre-K-12 or, or a 13 through 16, but rather pathways to enduring careers. And it can take students in a lot of different pathways, but we need to have those conversations with students on a regular basis. What does Project Lead the Way do to address the concerns you've expressed about education? Well, I believe there needs to be a revolution in education and rethinking the way we approach all of this. But the other thing that has happened over time, and I'm a strong believer in accountability. I believe in school choice. I believe in the things that empower students. But the problem we have is policy doesn't affect teaching and learning. So we can create all kinds of education policies that try to drive certain behaviors, but unless we focus on teaching and learning in the instructional core, we're not going to make a significant impact on what students are doing, learning, and the skills they're developing. So that's what PLTW does. We get to the core of teaching and learning. So we not only provide the curriculum in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and three pathways in engineering, biomedical science, and computer science, but we also teach teachers how to deliver this kind of instruction in application pro problem-based courses. And that's where we really empower teachers and students. So when you put a student and you really affect the way they're learning, the teacher and the way they're delivering instruction and the teacher becoming a facilitator of learning, you give them great content and projects that apply math and science, we can have a significant effect on what and how students are learning and the relevancy of learning. We also embed career learning throughout our program. So starting as early as preschool, we're starting to get students to think about the relevancy of, of the things they're learning, starting to think about careers, and really focusing on the future. And I think it's that relevancy that really distinguishes Project Lead the Way. So how do robots and blowing stuff up fit into education? Well, great question. I, one, it, students have to apply math and science. You know, Howard Gardner says one of the greatest deficits for America's students is their inability to apply knowledge in a context in which it wasn't learned. We, we teach things in isolation. So we need to help students understand that you know, making a robot is more than just coding. The construction and really understanding what we want a robot to do, then the problem solving, the troubleshooting, all the things that go into robotics, it's that kind of environment that we try to create for students. You know, so in the same thing, talk about blowing things up, but we get into experiments. We need students doing real things, not just doing things that we think fun or things that students will enjoy. We can do both. We can give them things that they really enjoy doing at the same time bring real world context to it and show them how do we, how do we implode buildings? How do we really create this structure through a mountain? How do we build roads? And how do we take robotics and put that into a manufacturing facility that's going to be very disruptive to the workforce? 
And then what are the skills you're going to need to thrive in that kind of economy? Those are things that are real world that we bring to students over you know, millions of students across this country that we're providing this kind of experience to. And that's really our mission is to make sure that every child in America has access to this kind of experience. Well, Project Lead the Way is a large organization. You've got a, a, a annual revenue on the order of $73 million. It's a big organization. I want to talk a little bit about how you've been so successful as an organization. Uh, let's start with where does the revenue come from? I understand there's a, a fee for service or that schools are paying for programs, equipment, training, uh, but there are also grants. Can you give us a sense of the mix and how this all works to, to keep you sustainable? Yeah, thank you. You know, we're growing rapidly. You know, you think about over the last just six or seven years, our revenue has grown, you know, from just under $10 million to well over $70 million and we continue to grow. But I think the way you grow is to be relevant and to add value and to get results. And that's where we really focus all of our attention is to ensuring that we're creating great value for schools. That schools understand that they can do this at a much lower cost by embracing Project Lead the Way. They're going to get high quality professionals all for teachers, great curriculum, and that we will support them. And we provide really 24-7 support for teachers. We, we have people in the field working directly with schools. So when schools make this kind of investment, they know they have an organization that's going to support the implementation and sustainability of their program. The other piece of that, so schools do pay a participation fee. You know, they buy various products. However, we have a web store, but we don't require schools to buy products from us. So, for instance, if they want a 3D printer and they have a company, a local company that wants to donate it to them, we encourage that. But the other thing that we do is provide service for corporations and businesses that want to invest in education, invest in schools. So we have a, a partnership team and a development team that really serves as, as that convener. We'll bring companies together and we will distribute grants to schools from, from those companies. And over the last five years, we have invested, companies have invested over $91 million in Project Lead the Way programs, which has been very exciting for us but we are a pass-through. So schools get 100% of, of corporations' philanthropy. And we believe that creates great value for companies, and it certainly provides a great opportunity, great incentive for schools. So it seems like you think about this, uh, despite your background being entirely uh, in education, that you approach this with a very business-like uh, process, a very mindset. Uh, would you agree? Absolutely. We we are a business, and if we can't, if we don't have a sustainable business model, we can't provide this service to schools. You know, and I think for us, what's absolutely critical is that schools administrators, our corporate partners all have confidence that we are operating this in a very responsible way. We're good stewards of resources and we're going to be sustainable. We're going to be there through a wide range of economic downturns that we have a business model that is sustainable. 
other organizations, and particularly in the nonprofit world, we become highly vulnerable because of, of ebbs and flows in philanthropy. And we can avoid that by having a, a sustainable business model and also a scalable business model. And the scalability for us is understanding that as schools grow the number of students participating in our program, the cost per student goes down. So it encourages schools to bring on more students, to expand program opportunities, and every chance that we have to reduce cost to schools, we do. You know, so we can pass efficiencies and savings and volume onto our schools, and, and that has been very positive for us. But we absolutely look at this from a business perspective. We take a lot of pride in that. But there's a difference in being driven by profit and being driven by mission. And for us, our mission is to ensure that every child has access to this kind of experience. And by, by doing that, then we have to look at our business practices. Are the things that are creating barriers to access created by us? And if so, how do we remove those barriers? At the same time, helping schools navigate some of the barriers that exist on their end. And one of the most pervasive, and we believe pernicious uh, barriers is that of low expectations. We have to help everyone understand that all children are capable of doing this, but they have to, we have to help them build confidence and competence. Too many students learn early on or believe early on or are convinced by as early as second grade that they're not good in math and science. So the, the opportunity for them or the likelihood of them actually pursuing any kind of pathway beyond high school that requires them to do math and science is greatly diminished. Okay. So we have to change that mindset. We have to help raise expectations and ensure that we don't allow students because of where they live to not have access to world-class curriculum. And we also have to ensure that we don't close two-thirds of the U.S. economy to them as they get out of high school. Well, it is uh, a an important work that you're doing. You've had an extraordinary career. And I wonder what you think of as the most important lesson you've learned over that career. Oh, great question. You know, I've learned a lot of lessons from a lot of people. And I think one of the most important lessons I learned early in my career, and I was sitting with a friend who had been, been highly successful. And he asked me, so what's next for you? And I said, I don't know. I really don't know. And he said, you know, one of the problems I see is that people will spend their entire career just trying to be successful. And then he sees so many people who've been highly successful get to the end of their career and decide they're going to be significant. And they start to give away their money, give away their time. And he looked at me and he said, Vince, please don't make that mistake. Spend your life striving to be significant. And that has always stuck with me, is that we have an obligation to be significant. And for me, personally, that means how do we change the lives of children? How do we help them and empower them to thrive in this global economy? And that's really the core of our work, and it's what drives me and has, has driven me for the past 25 years of my career. You had a, dare I call it, traditional educator role as a, superintendent uh, and uh, uh, seemed like it was off to a brilliant start. It's a pretty radical shift 
even though Project Lead the Way is in the education space, but it's a, it's a pretty big leap to go from working in the public education system to running a nonprofit. Why, why make that leap? Yeah, I think it, for me, it's pretty simple. Every move I have made in my career has been to extend my reach and trying to influence more children. So whether it was a principal or superintendent, when I was a superintendent, I had 23,000 students. Today, I have millions and growing. So the influence that we can have in whatever role we're in has been really at the, at the core of, of my thinking around this. So for me, it wasn't a necessarily a radical leap. It was a tremendous opportunity and one that I take great pride in and I'm proud of our team and the work we're doing, but we have a lot more work to do and a lot more kids to reach. But the exciting thing is I'm in a position right now that we can do it. We can get to every child and that's our mission. I was, I was in a school in Wyoming and I was taking questions from fifth graders and I had this little fifth grader look up at me and he, he asked, what keeps you up at night? I thought, what a brilliant question from a fifth grader. And I looked at him and I said, you do. You and 54 million just like you. And it's, it's that kind of thinking that really drives our work on a daily basis. Vince, what is your superpower? <laughs> My superpower. You know, I'm not sure I have a superpower, but I tell you what I, what I do believe is that the thing that we can do is to empower others. You know, we can, whether it's people on our team, our teachers, we can put people in position where they can be successful. And when they do, they can empower our children. And they can give our children real hope and real belief in what the future holds for them. And I believe our country depends on that. It depends on this next generation. So the more that we can do to empower them, the more fulfilling that is. Fantastic. Well, Vince, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Before you go, would you take just a minute and tell us how people can learn more about Project Lead the Way and how they can connect with you personally? Yeah, great. Well, our website is at pltw.org. Welcome. And we, anyone that wants information, there's a lot of information there. There's also a place to go if you want more information about PLTW or someone to reach out. If I have school level, we can do that as well for parents. And for me personally, probably the best way is to connect with on Twitter, and it's at Vince Bertram. And so I welcome that, and we'll respond to any inquiries, questions that people have. But I really appreciate you taking time today to talk with me as well. Thank you. Well, thank you. And Vince, we wish you every success in uh, helping the kids in the United States become more successful, more empowered. Thank you. All righty. Let's do some good. At Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us because caring is where change begins.
Thank you for listening. This podcast is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devon is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com.